This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Before we start the best of 2016 episode, I have to tell you about Boom, a music player app for your iPhone, iPad, and it helps your favorite tracks to get rid of the annoying compressed feel that everyone hates. It's 3D surround sound, 16-band equalizer, and audio intensity effects designed to work on any headphones. You can add life to every single note of your music that you listen to. So if you crave to not just hear, but actually feel the music in your bones, Boom is the app to have. So seriously, why delay? Visit the App Store now and buy it for only $1.99. One more thought, I gotta tell you about Sock Club. It is an incredible gift to the holiday season. Quality American-made socks are sent straight to your loved one's door, featuring different designs and a personal note every month. This is the gift that keeps giving all year long. I have a Sock Club membership. I love it. Cool socks come in the mail, comes in this rad little box, and I'm like, oh man, this is great. Put the socks on, super comfortable, great designs, love it. Seriously, blow people's minds by going to SockClub.com, and then you get 15% off using the discount code WORDS at checkout. W-O-R-D-S. So please give Sock Club this holiday season and the person receiving the gift will thank you very much for it. Hello, everyone. I'm Ray Harkins and I am the host of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. Thank you for joining us on this very, very special year-end best of 2016 podcast. It's one of the most anticipated of the year. I know a lot of people just specifically listen to this show and maybe listen to one other show the entire year, but uh, I appreciate this. It's become a quite a ritual for myself and my friend Joey Cahill and my friend Jeremy Bohm. Uh, Joey runs the label 6131 Records, who puts out incredible, incredible stuff, which you should check out. And Jeremy is the vocalist for a band called Touche Amore, which we will be talking about in the episode as well. And uh, we're just, we're, we're friends. We've been friends for a long time, and it's really fun for us to talk about our favorite records of the year, and a lot of people seem to uh, enjoy that as well. So I'm not going to go on too much, but uh, if you like the show, uh, please go on iTunes, rate, review it, and talk about it. Tell a friend of yours about this. Just spread the word where you can about this thing, because uh, yeah, it just keeps growing, and it becomes more and more fun. So uh, you are not going to be getting any new episodes the rest of this year. I'm taking a couple weeks off for the holidays. I'll be back, in, I think, at the first week of January, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm exhausted, so I need a little break. And um, yeah, you may get some bonus content during that time if I get a little bored, but uh, that's that's what's happening. So here is the mammoth episode of the best of 2016. And um, yeah, thank you. I'm not going to talk to you at the end of the show either, because uh, if you listen to the end of the show, it's like, holy crap, you are a winner. <laughs> you listen to a two hour thing. And I appreciate that. So anyways, here you go. And um, yeah, have a happy holiday and happy new year and all the other good stuff. All right. Best of 2016. Go. What, what was the like the first time that I mean, I know each of us didn't collectively like agree to do our lists like starting together, but like we've been doing them forever. Oh, God. Yeah. We did it. Long. I mean, it started, I think, with first world problems, and then. But then our pre, but like us, like because oh, we've all bounced yeah. lists off of each other forever. Yeah. I just remember yeah. from MySpace was like when I really remember started. I started doing them. Yeah, we we would always post them in our uh, journals on on MySpace. <laughs> and I think we're totally victims of like the record store dudes being like, "Oh, of course we have to share our opinions with the world." Everyone cares. Everybody wants to know what I think. (laughs) (laughs) Us, us, seventeen to twenty-two year olds, really, really need to weigh in on the independent music scene every year. 
Well, not only does the people want it, but the bands want to hear it too. So, <laughs> you know, every every band tabulates their year end lists and are, are like, "All right, cool. We like, you know, we got four number ones and seventeen number twos." And Ray Harkins thinks this record is rad. <laughs> I did think it was adorable, though. I think it was I, two years ago or whenever Pianos put out "Keep You." How they and Jeremy and I had that record in our list. Uh, so did I. I, that's right. I think everybody and they were like they, they, they tweeted something about it, right? Yeah, I just thought that was adorable. Where it's like, oh, and I know that we're we're friends with you guys, but still, yeah. that's just a nice thing to, <laughs> nice thing to shout out. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I know we always start these discussions off with like a general sort of state of the union where it's like, all right, so how was music this year for you guys? <laughs> and do you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to kick it off, Joey, with the, uh, your thoughts on how easy this list was to put together? This was the hardest list I've ever had to make in my entire life. Ever? Well, I mean, my hardest, okay, maybe not the hardest list ever, but probably the hardest top 10 I've ever had to do. Um, I don't. I don't want to say there weren't a lot of records I loved this year, but there weren't a lot of records I loved this year. So, the, the, I would say that the records that I loved this year it was kind of hard, just like finding the order for them. I suppose, like if anything, because I, when I when I listed all the records I loved, they just happened to be ten, and I was like, oh, well, that works. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had about fourteen or fifteen, and. The like pretty much look at it like one pretty much one through eight was like okay these are this is my list and then nine and ten literally up until earlier today I was taking things out and switching things and listening to records all morning and yeah yeah something came on something came on uh, in my car uh, one of the bands and I was like oh yeah they put out a record this year that I really like this should be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely becomes so much harder. I mean, the only way that I really track records is like basically when I first listen to a record and I, I know that I enjoy it, I toss a song in my best of 2016 playlist and that's like, that serves as my dumping ground. And then usually, you know, I go back there and I'm like, why did I even put that song from that band, that, that record in there? And then I have to like discard a bunch of them and yeah, I carve my list out from there. But it was definitely... There were records where it's like, I was like, I love this song, but then the, just the record doesn't resonate. Sure. There, yeah. I started similar to you, but I would put the whole record in and just hit shuffle. And kind of like, that's kind of how I ended up finding records that I, that I was like, oh, I like this record. And then by doing that, like songs would come up and be like, no, I really like this song a lot. And it would make me go back and listen to the whole record and kind of either change my opinion uh, one way or the another, another. That's a yeah. good. That's a good idea of just focusing on, obviously the record, but then being able to shift it up or shuffle it in order to rejigger. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. I do need to revisit this whole record as opposed to just this one song that I have on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. I, feel, I just took out my headphones because I saw Joey. You're not wearing headphones, and I was like, maybe that's better. I think it is. I think that was the right move. <laughs> Hey man, whatever, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with, you know. This is, my, this is my first real Skype call. I think. I think it was always only ever with like family or loved ones, relationship stuff that I've ever Skype like on tour. So this is like my first not that. That's it. and it's been several years. So yeah, for those for those uh, who 
maybe haven't given up yet on this podcast because uh, we haven't started even talking about it. Yeah. Uh, it took me like 15 minutes to get to this call because I, <laughs> I had to update everything. Uh, well, I, I uh, am not wearing headphones because last year someone complained on Twitter that it sounded scratchy. So Truth. Shout out to that guy. Yeah, people uh, people are always really really excited to criticize uh, the free content that they give put in, put in their ears. And it's like, well, it's your choice. Wait, wait, wait. Your headphones made it sound scratchy. What does that mean? My beard. The microphone was like close to my beard, and so I could talk, and it would just like he was shaving. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Basically, you were shaving with your microphone the whole time, except you. Yeah. right. Except, except you. Do. I was, by just opening my jaw, it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's really fun. The uh, the one thing that I, I noticed that I wanted to bring up was like, because not to make this about myself, but it's like this is the first time where it's like you know the job that I have doesn't directly correlate to music. It obviously correlates to a different audio medium, which is podcasting. Um, so it was weird to kind of be like, even though I'm still intimately connected to the industry, as far as just like you know knowing people and knowing friends and stuff like that, it was weird to like not have to be on as on top of the you know music cycle and news and so it's like there were times where it was like i completely forgot a record had come out and i was like two or three weeks later i was like oh yeah that's right like a random record but like oathbreaker where i was like i love that band and i like the record came out and i was just like oh shit that's right it came out like a month ago like it's just it's weird how obviously our mental capacity for that changes based on our circumstances that's the story my number 10 record i forgot that it came out right and it, it, do, you, do you guys think it's just a symptom of obviously uh you know us getting older and the idea that our not our int- <laughs> not our interests diverge but like we just have multiple things pulling us in multiple directions well, you guys have children so <laughs> i can only speak to such a level so i mean the fact that you guys have have that you know I'm, I'm sure it finds. Although Joey, I've always said, has somehow the ability to uh, to take in every form of media. I've never met anyone who's able to have opinions on video games, podcasts, books, movies, TV shows, blah blah blah. But ever, it's just how, like how do you find time? How the fuck do you find time to do all of that? The kid goes to bed early. <laughs> And I, don't, I don't go to bed till very late. So, it's, Ray, are you a video game guy? I forget. I I am not to the extent like because I, I have to pare down my video game playing time in regards to like all right, I, I focus on these like seven games, but I I, I don't right. I don't feel the need to throw it out there where it's like okay, I really love this game or whatever. Even though I could talk about how sick NBA Two K sixteen on iPhone is, holy shit, that game's amazing. But still, yeah. I just I just beat uh, Red Dead Redemption. Shout out to 2010 or 11 or whatever was, the first game. Oh. I think it was like 2008. <laughs> well, they finally like they're finally Xbox made it so you can play 360 games on Xbox One, and the sequel's coming out next year. So I was like, well, I gotta play this before the sequel comes out. So I didn't know you could do that. I, I uh, I'm trying to get an Xbox One for Christmas. So Please, you know, so bring it. What's that? Yeah, hopefully Santa's going to bring it. Um, I like it. Uh, I do like how you put that, Jeremy. I'm trying to get an Xbox One. You know, you can buy. You could literally go out right now and buy that if you wanted to. Do you know? Do you, I'm not. I'm not about to spend fucking. I'm hoping that's going to be like a like my brother and his wife. Like, oh, we're going to get him the Xbox. You know, something like that. 
buying like video game systems is I feel like there's better things I can do with my money. So it's all, I, I don't know if I win last time I bought one myself. It's always a gift. Yeah, my my brother gave me the Xbox 360 like three years ago with a stack of games that I that I'm like I have to finish these games before I get the Xbox One. So I'm currently playing that Saints Row. five or whatever that's silly as hell but like other than that's the last one i haven't beat yet so i'm excited that's pretty good that you're disciplined enough yeah i'm 50 percent through as of yesterday (laughs) that's rough yeah um should we do this this thing or what let's dive into it i I, it's like you're a host jeremy you knew exactly what was on the the, you took the temperature of the room and you just threw it into it Well, you want to start off with your number 10, my friend, Jeremy, since you brought it up. Uh, Okay, sure. My number 10 is Planes Mistaken for Stars Prey. Have you you guys given this record much of a listen? That is a record that I've totally forgot about. I have it and haven't listened to it. It's it's really good. I listened to the first song that they put out, and I was like, this is really good. Ordered the record, and then I forgot about it. It's super good. I think it's. Uh, I really, I really liked the that last one they had put out. Uh, on, was that Abacus? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Mercy. That's, yeah. Mercy. Yeah. Uh, shout, shout out Abacus. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, lo- I loved Mercy. That was my favorite record from them when that came out because um, it was like the first time you could actually hear everything. I love that band, but like. I, I felt like I feel like them recording and also live. It almost seems purposeful for them to just sound as just wrong as possible. It just it always sounds like super blown out or, or whatever. But uh, it was cool that they you know whatever for this new record it sounds insanely good. Like the production on it is awesome and the vocals just like Mercy just sound like he's just right in your ear, just being the scariest person on earth. So. Yeah, I uh, I love the record. I think it's super awesome, and it's quick too. It's like a quick listen; like it's over pretty quickly, and like you kind of want to just listen to it again. So, yeah, it's a great. Yeah, I, I like Joey. Completely forgot. I didn't forget about the record coming out, but it was one of those things where our all of our mutual friend Stephanie sent it to me forever ago, and uh, I just listened to it a lot, and then I kind of filed it away, and I was like, "Yep, that record came out this year." But yeah, it was. I, I agree. It's definitely a. I think it surprised a lot of people too, because I just think it's like they're like, oh yeah, planes, like cool. But then the fact that it was so, um, just so good, I think took a lot of people by surprise. Sure, I, I mean, I felt like that and the Oathbreaker, like the Oathbreaker record, came out around the same time too, you know. And they're both a lot to take in, just because it's like the Oathbreaker record is feels so uh, uh, epic, and then the planes record kind of feels epic, but it's quick. I don't know. Just like it was easy to get lost between the two of them. Yeah, good point. Shout out Deathwish. Shout, yeah. <laughs> Shout out DW. <laughs> I made a note on my phone to listen to the plane record. Yeah, it's super good. Super good. What do you What do you got, Joey? You want to hit this? Uh, uh, my number ten is Minor Victories. Uh, their self titled record. Don't know if either of you are familiar. No idea what that is. Looks in your face, I would guess no. Uh, it's Rachel from Slow Dive, dude from Offside, huh. and dude from Editors. Uh, what? The, where the fuck was I? I have no idea what this is. Jesus. Christ. Uh, 
they put out a couple singles early in the year that like blew my fucking mind. And then I was driving with Sean in like Pennsylvania. I was like, did that, whatever happened in that band? He's like, the record came out. And this was like a month and a half ago, which is why it's only number 10. Cause I didn't have a ton of time with it. Um, but right. I mean, it kind of sounds like all three of those bands or like elements of like, there's some atmospheric stuff. And then like, I mean, like shoegazy stuff and there's a a song I think it's called For You Always that Mark Kozalek sings on and it's he sings like I mean it's it sounds it's like his song like he sings the entire song and she just does like the chorus wow. but it's like lyrics I mean it's just as like stream of conscience lyrics like I mean it sounds like a Sun Kill Moon song uh, right touch, right touch Ray I don't know anything yeah, come on guys Seriously, like you, you, you name all those things, and I was just like, like that is like wheelhouse central. I should like I should have been hand delivered this record. No, um, well, yeah, it was like minor victories. When you said that, I was like, oh, Joe had picked a pop punk band. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's on. It's on Fat Possum. They even they did a uh, Black Friday record store day release of the entire record done with, by an orchestra. Um, wow. Wow! Thanks for educating us, Joey. We're we're done oh, over yeah. here. I'm done. See you guys later. <laughs> Mike drop on the number ten. <laughs> yeah. Did any? Uh, by the way, just because we've all done the uh, Amoeba in line uh, records, actual record store day, not Black Friday record store day. Uh, just want to let you know that Amoeba this year had twenty people in line for Black Friday record store day. Twenty people. Wow. The cr- the vinyl crest has come, my friends. The vinyl crest has come. I think a lot. I think a lot of people also too looked at this list and were just like, "Nah." Literally, the only thing I really wanted was the the minor victories record and the the Connor seven inch. Yeah, like I got up early. I was like, "I'll go sit at Newberry Comics for an hour or two. I got there. They were opened early. They opened at eight. So I I literally walked in. There was two people in there. I grabbed the records I wanted and I left. Like yeah. it was the easiest. I went like, into Amoeba at, at like twelve thirty, expecting like all the records to be gone because I called and was like, "Hey, do you guys still have the Connor Seven Inch and the Angel Wilson split?" And he was like, "Man, I don't know. Like, we can't go check the inventory." So I tried, tried my luck, and there was just a row of both of them, wow. and I was like, "Oh, this is the easiest record scenario I've ever dealt with." I, I went to I went to this store in, down here in Orange County called Porta Sound, and it was a. Uh, I got there at like five fifteen. They opened at six. I just I was really eyeballing the uh, Lone Survivor soundtrack, uh, Explosions in the Sky, and because uh, it was only limited to a thousand copies across the country, didn't, didn't know that was a thing, so I ordered it uh, the other day because I didn't know that was them. I saw it, I was like, "Who the fuck would yeah. put the Lone Survivor soundtrack out?" <laughs> yeah, when you said that, I was like, "I know." <laughs> I know you like soundtracks, but that seems like burning money. <laughs> oh, t- dude! All it is is like sniper fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just Mark Wahlberg grunting. No, this was lo, wait. Oh yeah, lo, 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 yeah. You're right. I was about to say Lone Survivor is Taylor Kitsch, but no, you're right. I think it's Mark Wahlberg. But yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Kitsch is in the movie. I never saw the movie. Neither did I. Yeah. But yeah, I, I actually did. Nice. Uh, was, shut, shut up, pirate, shut up, Pirate Bay. I was gonna say that sounds like a van movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> How many survivors were there? Uh, uh, three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Incorrect name, <laughs> an unaptly name. 
Ray, right. what, what's your number 10? This is good. This is gonna. Well, I mentioned this to Joey once, so he might not be as uh, confused by this. Uh, so I'm going to. This is a Polish composer, guys, which I know you both are very, very up on. Uh, Wojcik Go- Golaczewski. Uh, anyways, it's a guy who uh, basically. He's a uh, film music composer, um, does a ton of stuff with uh, fake movies. And when I say fake movies, like basically he invents a movie and is like, I want to make a soundtrack to this movie that doesn't exist. And so he, he put out this record called End of Transmission, which is like basically people getting lost in space. And uh, this record is unbelievable. I mean, basically everybody that likes the whole, you know, survive Stranger Things stuff would just like lap this up with a spoon because that's what I did. Mm. And um, but yeah, it's just a dude that just creates stuff. Like he put out stuff on uh, Mondo and Death Waltz, and so I imagine in like two years he's going to be scoring ridiculously huge movies because that seems to be the trajectory for a lot of these people that just start to make fake movie soundtracks, and then all of a sudden people are like, "Hey, they know what they're doing." But um, yeah, yeah. Is this? I randomly ordered some record of his off Bandcamp. Is this that record? This well, he did no. He did two this year. <clears throat> one of them was called Reality Check, and that's probably the one that you ordered. No, when I that one I got from somewhere else. There was someone. End of trans- I don't know. Yeah, End of Transmission well, is the one. Yeah, yeah, I haven't got it yet. Yeah, but End of Transmission well, is a really really good record. So yeah, for those that are into the whole synth based stuff, they would love it. <laughs> cool. I cool. will. I'll do the. Uh, I'll do number nine, and then we can ricochet back and forth. Uh, my number nine record is Nothing tired of tomorrow i this record came out in february if i'm not mistaken which and by the way their the record cover is amazing were you guys into it i love it yeah they actually painted the roof yeah i just that's pretty good it just and like they because they i think they did i think in the in the actual liner pictures they have them you know dress up in paint suits or whatever and holding their paint sticks and stuff like that but Yeah, yeah yeah It's just the fact that, like, you know, Guilty of Everything was a really, really good record. And it's just so funny to watch these dudes who are obviously hardcore kids and still dress like, you know, just like double XL t shirts and just like look like the sloppiest dudes ever get up there and are able to write this, you know, pretty beautiful ish music. And uh, I just, I just love the juxtapositions of what they are of just like these hard partying dudes that have been in jail. <laughs> just like all of this stuff is just it's so cool and then at, they, they're able to you know make yeah. a really really cool record so I, I, I even I like it much better than Guilty of Every Guilty than their previous one yeah same uh, I'll have more to say about this later <laughs> I, I won't have more to say about it later but I really enjoyed it it was one of those like fringe records that just didn't quite make the cut yeah I found yeah. myself I found myself sneaking it in be, just because I I listened to it so much at the beginning of the year because it was it's really it's a really easy listen kind of like jeremy was saying with the planes it's like it's over and you're like well i can go go for that again yep what about you joey number nine for you uh my number nine is a tribe called quest we got it from here thank you for your service that that was that's what i ended that was going to be my number 10 but then i realized uh something that i left out but yeah that record i'm glad that someone put it on that list it's so fucking good fucking good and it it's. I feel like at a time when hip hop needs it because commercial rap is the worst fucking thing on earth. The fact that it like debuted at number one, like I don't know, like there's it's 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 so good, and it's just like I mean it was been 18 years since their last record. Like I've loved Tribal Quest since 
I first heard him. Q-Tip was on a Beastie Boys song on Ill Communication, uh, rest, rest in Peace MCA. And so then I checked, like, checked out Midnight Marauders, which is like, I think a top five hip hop, hip hop record for me. So I've kind of, yeah, I've been waiting for this and it's did not disappoint. I mean, it's, it's just so good. Um, I feel like when it comes to hip hop, like any of that, any of the classic stuff is what I would lean towards always between like tribe and day lot soul and black sheep and like all that stuff. Like I would, I'll take that over anything that's come out in the last 20 years, any day. I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, I would. <laughs> well, we, no, we, all, we do know, we do know that Jeremy's opinions on hip hop in general are, it's his exact description of that. He's, yeah. I think on, on any of your lists, like anytime Joey and I put, you know, we, we put Drake on there. It's also, he's like big. I would, never put Drake, I would never put Drake on my top 10, right? How dare you? How dare yeah. you? Are you kidding? I, I mean, okay. I'll, that's I, why I like, I'll take like run the jewels or any of that type of stuff because it's actual like yeah. thought provoking shit, but yeah. like shit about like, you know, fucking bitches money. And money. Yeah, yeah. Money, bitches and hoes. is like, it's, it's, it does not interest me at all. It's, it's whack. But yeah. that, but that young thug, uh, mixtape Jeffrey is tight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um, but yeah, so I love this record. Um, it's a huge fucking bummer that Five Dog passed away. Yeah. I think he's on like seven or eight songs. That SNL uh, performance was awesome. And very So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I also uh, feel like Buster Rhymes Mike wasn't on <laughs> when he came back. It's still here on Barking. They probably- like, his, vo- his voice is so crazy. <laughs> I just remember he he, uh, he and the other dude came out and I was just like <laughs> normally he would take over the entire thing with that fucking voice but he was pretty quiet in the mix his, his verses on the record are so good yeah dude yeah fucking that record's awesome I uh, I'm excited for it to finally be on vinyl I was bummed it didn't come out the same day I think what comes out like January December 23rd something like that something like that yeah yeah um should I do my number nine Absolutely. All right. Deftones Gore. Ah, so close to being on my list. Listen yeah. to it once, forgot about it. Oh. <laughs> Joey, I was thinking about this today, and, I, and to be honest, this is the band that when I was going to grab coffee, a, a song on Shuffle from uh, Adrenaline came on, and I was like, oh, fuck, Deftones. That record came out this year. I listened to that a lot. Uh, that's what moved uh, one of the records off the list. But yeah. Um, I, uh, it, it's great. I mean, they just continue to further prove that uh, age doesn't matter, time doesn't matter. They can still put out ripping records with huge choruses that stick in your head and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I got to see them when we did one of the Riot Fests. And I hadn't seen Deftones since, like, fuck, like 2002, maybe, or something like that. Uh, I saw them like twice in the nineties and then yeah, like early two thousands. So, uh, I got to, I got to be cool guy and watch, watch side stage for the first time ever for a band like that. And usually side stage is like, Oh, it's like, Oh yeah. You seem like a band that, you know, we've all of us collectively have known for years or whatever, but like yeah. getting to watch Deftones was like a cool fucking feeling like, Holy shit, this is crazy. And they just sounded insane, and the energy is like through the roof. So hearing those new songs live too also sort of solidified it. But record rules. I listened to it once and was just like this is good, and then just never. Went yeah, back. and I don't. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note. Yeah, it's funny in a way. 
Have we all kept up on this season of South Park? No, no. I don't. Ow! I don't watch South Park. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't keep Never up been with South Park. Yeah. I basically Dude. the episodes that bubble up and get shared on social media. That's the one where I'm just like, oh, I'll duck in. Like, and I mean, it's a, it's an unbelievable show, but there's just so Dude. much. Watch the last season. Oh my god! Like, like it's just it's not even funny. It's just angry. It's so it's so fucking good. But um, the whole thing on this season is uh, there's like a whole well not the whole thing but there's a whole part about these things called member berries. Have you heard about this? Where it's like they're like grapes and they just like they all kind of sound like Cartman and they all just say member this, member that, member and it's like about how the whole world is just obsessed with things from the past and like then it like it goes into a whole thing about how the newest Star Wars actually sucked but people want to believe it's good because it just reminds them of their childhood <laughs> like it, go, it goes into all these different things but uh, I feel like the whole member bears thing it goes into goes into the Deftones thing where every it's like Deftones announced a new record at this time when everybody was like holy fuck yeah the Deftones films are really fucking good and then like i felt like it got more praise than i think their last handful of records and i think it's because of that like people wanting something from the past but they actually i felt delivered on uh on it actually being a good record as opposed to some things that get praised just because it's a like i feel like you know why are people saying this metallica record is good yeah <laughs> you, you right you totally. I, I, yeah i have no clue i listened to the first couple songs and be like sure like it's, like it's bad and say anger yeah, like, yeah also heard master of puppets and injustice for all and ride lightning and those are way better than this crap yeah like yeah, i this feel like people are just giving it a pass because it, it just it's better than death magnetic and and saint anger but like how hard is that to do when you're that good of a band like yo just fucking just you guys got you guys put out arguably four or five great record four five eh, if you want to count the black album i do but some people don't, but like, it's all you need. I don't need anything past that. The, uh, they don't, with, they can, yeah. with, uh, with the Deftones, I, I think, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to put too much importance on like Sergio being in the band, but it's like, when you have a person like him, who's obviously a professional, knows how to write songs, knows how to be on stage. It like, cause I saw yeah. them, I saw them play Jimmy Kimmel, like 2000, 10 or 2011 and it was like relatively early on when he joined the band and it's one of those things where you're just like dude like not like he is better than what they had previously but it's just like yeah i just it it makes it so much uh it just makes it so much easier to get that much more invested in the band because here's a dude who has you know part of one of the best post-hardcore bands of all time just joining another you you could argue that deftones are post-hardcore as well (laughs) I just remember Deftones were one of those, but they used to be like on the Warp Tour circuit. Like they played Warp Tour like yeah. two years in a row. Like <laughs> Jeremy, were you at the Palladium Quicksand Deftones show? I was. Me too. I was. Snapcase. Was, yeah. What? Snapcase, no. Snapcase opened that, didn't they? Or is it far? No. no. I think uh, it was, there, there was a there was a far Deftones Willhaven tour. Right. But then there was it was Quicksand, and I get these two because there was two different. Tour because uh, I can't. I think it was like the next year was when they brought Glassjaw out, and that was Glassjaw's first West Coast tour, which was one so those, sick. One of those was with a band called Pitch Shifter, which was like a new metal band. But I can't remember if that was the Deftone show or the. Or sorry, the Glassjaw one or the Quicksand. I, I only remember Quicksand, but I also could have yeah completely got blocked. there late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, there's. <coughs> 
sorry, there was a moment when they're at Riot Fest where Gino just was going up and just like full force kicking like the stack of cabinets, uh, like the bass cabinets and guitar cabinets, like full force kicking them to where they almost toppled. And you could see that he's doing it just out of pure amusement to see his crew like <laughs> panic. And everyone in the band was laughing when he was doing it. But like, it just made me laugh. I was like, imagine just being that comfortable in your position where you could just like kick all your cabinets and no one is going to get mad at you. Right. (laughs) Everyone's going to be concerned on how they should respond to that. Exactly. It was, it was fun to watch. So yeah. That's Uh, Ray. You you can, Joey, you can, you can, can, slingshot it. Oh, I got to pause this right here so we can talk about some of our cool sponsors. And then you'll be able to hear the rest of this beautiful best of 2016 episode uninterrupted so berkeley college of music it is an unbelievable university in boston that uh, basically everybody who wants to have something connected to music goes to and guess what they've started their berkeley online degree program so this is perfect for touring musicians completing a program at a traditional brick and mortar campus is obviously difficult because you're in a different city each night so the online education offers musicians the freedom to study from the road and wherever they're at Their courses and programs are taught entirely online, so you don't need to get yourself to the campus in Boston. Whether you're a musician, a producer, a songwriter, or an industry professional, they have the right program for you. So they have certificate programs, and they're open enrollment so that no admission or application process is necessary. The classrooms are highly interactive, and they're capped at 20 students, so you'll always be able to speak directly with your instructor and get personalized feedback on all assignments. Berkeley Online also offers a fully accredited bachelor program. So get that piece of paper that says you're smart. Degree majors include music production, music business, guitar, songwriting, and more. Anything you're interested in music, they have. And tuition for this stuff is 64% less than if you attend it directly in Boston. So please go to online.berkeley.edu slash words. I feel incredibly passionate about this. I completed an online degree and I loved every moment of it because I was able to tour, I was able to plug in, get my work done, and then be on the road and sing for all the bands that I played in. So please go to online.berkeley.edu slash words and you will be able to find out a lot about their online program and sign up right there. Advance your music career, advance your music knowledge. Berkeley is the place to do it. Now, on with the rest of the show. Slingshot it, okay. Uh... My number eight is John K. Sampson, the Winter Wheat record. So another one on the fringe. Me too. Yeah, it's it's not even that it's not even that the record is great. It's just like he's one of those people where it's like, oh, there's something new from John K. Sampson. Of course, I'm going to listen to this a lot. I just uh, I just need his voice in my life. Yep, exactly. His voice and his literary presence, uh, his storytelling abilities, all those sorts of things. Like, is it my favorite thing John K. John K. Sampson has done? No. Did I enjoy the fuck out of it because it's John K. Sampson? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why it's number eight. I, uh, for people who don't know, he's saying in The Weaker Thins. Uh, if you don't already listen to The Weaker Thins, listen to The Weaker Thins. Um, yeah. We just did that U.S. tour with Tiny Moving Parts, uh, who... Um, I don't know if you guys ever dealt with them before. They're the sweetest kids on earth, but they have, uh, I have no problem saying this into a microphone. They have the worst taste in music I've ever heard in my entire life. It's crazy. Like us and culture abuse were obsessed with them every single day. Just being like, guys, rancid. They'd be like, Ugh, rancid. Why? 
And then they would talk about, like, just, yeah. They upset us every single day. So one day I was like, guys, your mission, your, your homework is to listen to Reconstruction Site. Like, and everybody in the whole tour was like, Elliot was like, it's my favorite record of all time. Like, guys in Culture Beast were like, yes, it's, it's perfect. We're like, just listen to it once. Please just listen to the record once. And they said they got through three songs and then put on Real Friends. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Uh, well, they're, they're, I mean, as you said, they're all, they're, they're children and they have a different context, but you should be able to at least listen to something yeah. like that and be like, oh, I see, I see where they're coming from. Yeah. We, everybody on the tour, made, we, like every, all the bands made playlists to like educate one another and they made us and Culture Beast a playlist. And just for example, they had Georgia, Florida line on it. <laughs> they're the most offensive band. I've, wow. It's Oh. It's crazy. Dude, oh. I, I love that idea. That should actually be a part of every package tour writer where it's like your first day, you know, you get the book, you get your passes and stuff like that. And then like, here's the uh, Spotify playlist that you should check yeah. out in order to get an idea of like where the band comes from. That would be so totally. cool. Also, but you know, the list that culture abuse made was the instantly I laughed so hard. Like it was all stuff that we were all familiar with, but like hate fucked culture uh hate fucked tiny moving parts immediately track one was november rain from guns and roses because <laughs> it was like every member had to pick two songs and john uh john's favorite band i guess is guns and roses and that was the level of shit that they that they like had no like tiny moving parts knew nothing about any anything from life like that's why it's like rancid like everybody knows fucking rancid and they'd be like oh <laughs> like ACDC they'd be like uh, annoying riff annoying riff oh <laughs> uh, yeah incredible that's enough about them but uh, yeah so John K. Sampson number 8 nice nice Go for Joey it, uh, my number 8 is Jimmy World Integrity Blues <laughs> how you really feel <laughs> I, I remember I know when the songs came out like Ray and I talked in you weren't really feeling the singles. Are you still feeling that way? Dude, it, it bummed me. Like, I, I feel like th- this is easily the most work I've ever put into a Jimmy World record. And it's, I, I still am not there. It didn't, I, it didn't make my list. And it, it kills me because I measure my years usually based on the fact if, if I'm getting new Jimmy World music, it'll probably be a good year. Obviously, it's a fucking awful year for everybody. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so it kills me. But anyways, continue. Continue why this record is good. Uh, it's just great. It's it's like it's like it's like that, but like what you said. But it actually like worked for me. Okay. So I was like, oh, there's a Jimmy World record. Everything's all right. That song "Past the Baby" is like the best song they've written probably since Futures. Anything on Futures? That stoner riff at the end is so good. We put it on in the van because we were like, everybody's saying this is good. I mean, the artwork is the most offensive thing. So let's like, <laughs> give it a shot. So we put it on. I could, like, we, everyone in the band collectively loves Jimmy World. Like, but we all stand, we we go as far as uh, Chase the chase this Light or whatever. Yeah. That riff is good. Everything after that, I, I haven't really listened to. But we were like, I feel like it was, once again, the member berry thing. It's like, member, <laughs> member Bleed American? Member Futures? Yeah. So we put it on. And 
And all of us just kept staring at each other like, yo, this is one tempo. Like, and it's slow. And all the times you want him to, like, fucking rock, it just didn't happen. That was where. I don't know. I just... I just, when, I, they, when they were when they uh, for me the record loses it when that's like when they do start to riff like there there are so much more i guess lack of a better term like leads in this record that are just sound kind of like i don't know it just it sounds jarring to me and there's not enough there wasn't enough catchiness in order for me to be like okay let's like let's keep locking this in so i don't know it just yeah overall it's i i, 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 mean, I, I gotta do more work it. on it i guess no i really enjoyed it i keep going back to it um a regional thing maybe it's for people in boston <laughs> shots shots fired <laughs> i mean i it's tough because like clarity to me is the greatest piece of recorded music in the history of recorded music so, <laughs> they're always going to be like on a certain level for me but i think this like the last one damage that would was, was fine invented had some cool songs but this one just sounds like I mean, I think it's a lot of like Jimmy World by the numbers, but it just like, it felt like a return to form in a good way that I really enjoy. I have fun with it. Cool. So fuck both of you. I'll put, hey, I'll, I'll put more work into it. I, I like, I, don't, I, 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 I like you, Joey, have Jimmy World lyrics tattooed on me. So I, I feel like I need to get that. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking speaking of records that are difficult to get into, which I imagine most people would feel this way, it's the uh, the new Bon Iver record, twenty two comma a million. Um, I mean, I'm unapologetically like uh, Justin Vernon, like devotee, and followed all of the weird stuff he was doing up to the release of the record. I did think a lot of the stuff that he did was really cool, like have a press conference in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, with like people, you know, the press invited to like hang out and like talk to him he did like a three-hour press conference just talking about the record and talk about why it's important to him it's just like stuff that you're like and he did it secretly he only did it like he invited 20 journalists or whatever it's just the stuff that he does is so well thought out and deliberate um anyways but this record is it's not easy to get into it's not obviously anything like the self-titled record um i saw him at the hollywood bowl which he was um I, I'm sure you guys can can attest to this as well. Like when you go see a person play a show that's like at a level that's larger than you know what you have ever witnessed the person at, and then you kind of watch the moment wash over them of just kind of like holy shit, like I'm doing this. Well, even if it's like a House of Blues show or whatever, it, it, he you told I've totally felt that moment him walking out there and being like, I'm at the fucking Hollywood Bowl. Like this is <laughs> insane, you know. Um, so watching that and knowing the fact that like he obviously still gives a shit about his music in ways that he, you know he probably doesn't need to put out more records like he's probably fine from a financial perspective um, right but yeah this record was so uh, it took a lot of work for me to get into but then once I did get past that barrier it was just like I was all in loved it did you get did you guys like the record or pay attention to it I know you probably listened to it but I'll talk about it in, in a little bit it's spectacular <laughs> spectacular I, uh, I, for the first time, listened to some of the songs off of it last night. I just, I, I kept meaning to listen to it, but I just never did. And I think I know the reason why is because I think the day it came out, both, or like the week it came out, both Elliot and Nick were talking about it. And they said that he references the Ace Hotel in a song and it's really corny. Yep. And that to me is deterrent. I'm like, ew. <laughs> ew. 
Ew. No, it totally, and it's funny because like that's one of the only things in the record that like most people point to that are critical of it, which is totally understandable <laughs> because it's like one of those things where it's just like, huh, like it, it really comes out of nowhere because it's like the other things that he's referenced in the past that might be more like geographically specific or whatever. Uh, it just do- it just doesn't. It's not as jarring. And this was the first time where it was like. That's like no yeah. no one told you that that was kind of weird that you put that in there, but yeah. As long as he doesn't say Soho House, I guess. But it's <laughs> like just it's right there. It's right there. Yeah, it is right uh, there. I, I'll I'll need to listen to it more. I also I've always I'm not a I've never been a big fan. Like I own one of the records, and I think it's just it's hard for me to get into like the auto tune style vocal thing. I don't know. It's just one of those weird things. But I don't dislike it. Cool. Um, I will slingshot this back to uh, number seven record. And uh, speaking of mainstream hip hop, the Chance the Rapper record, Coloring Book. And this, I agree with Jeremy in the sense that most mainstream hip hop is is atrocious just based on the fact of what they're singing about. And obviously it holds no relevance to us as human beings because we're not rolling around in our expensive sports cars or whatever. But uh, says you. <laughs> I know says says me. <laughs> but uh, Chance the Rapper doesn't sing about any of that. I mean, basically, this record is like a straight up gospel record. It's like worship. It's like him going to church and talking about how much he's in love with life. And it's so celebratory. And I saw him. I loved his mixtape Acid Rap that came out a couple years ago. And I went to see him. He played at the Observatory. And it was one of those things where watching him and watching the way that the audience engages with him is I, I could have like put headphones on the sound canceling headphones and just watched the audience and been like, oh, it's kind of like a punk and hardcore show. People were just like stage diving, like just how people interact with him is, I, I imagine, so much different than, you know, obviously like a Kanye or a Drake show or something like that. But uh, yeah, I loved, I loved, 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 loved the record. So jo- Joey, you kind of like Chance? I don't know. I do. There, this is one of those records that I, I kind of wished I could put on my list, but there's just there's too many songs on it that I don't like. <laughs> but that's, then there's songs that, but then there's songs that are like really really fucking good. <clears throat> so there's I'd say like seventy five percent of it is great. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I I just wanted to like it more. Yeah, I like I like his everything about him, just like you know, releasing his own records. And I mean, I'm sure he's, you know, getting money from someone. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. Oh yeah. He's get, he's not selling records, but he's getting washed in money. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'll but, go. Like, but, uh, I just saw the video of, of him with Meredith Graves when Beyonce says hi. And that was really nice. That was, that was, that, that's what I know of, of chance the rapper's career. Yeah. But dude, and honestly that, that moment of him is exactly that's kind sweet. of how he is as a person where it's just like, yeah, you could just tell that he's like, I find it weird that I'm here. Like he took, he took Francis and the lights uh, as his opening act on this past tour. And so it's just like, he doesn't need to take this weird indie rock band on was, tour. Was Scott there? Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, uh, yeah. Did, did you see his performance on Ellen with Lil Wayne and two chains? No, it was, that was a thing? yeah, it was for, I don't know the name of the songs, the song where they're talking about like, um, if labels try to sign him, Sure. And it's the the three of them and there's like people at like it looks like an office and they're just in their like 
trashing this office, throwing paper around, and it's on. It's on Ellen. It's so good. Um, huh. You I'll should watch. Nice. Um, yeah, love Ellen. You know, love. <laughs> Jer- <laughs> Jeremy just loves to dance, dude. It's cool. Shut up, DeGeneres. <laughs> let's let's shoot to you, Joey. Uh, my number seven is Connor Oberst Ruminations. Um, I love this record. It's great. It's, I'll talk about it later. <laughs> it's just I, I, I won't. I, I'm sorry. I, I think the fact that it, it's so simple. It was recorded over two days, and it's just piano, guitar, harmonica. He does everything. It's just it's, but it sounds. It it just sounds like a Connor record. It's so good. Um, it reminds me of uh, White Awake It's Morning a lot. Yeah, just re- it's like simple, but it's not. I mean, I don't. Simple is not the right word. I think that's a. No, I think I think you're right. It just it's cut and dry. It's not you know. Yeah. It's straightforward and great songs. And it was like I didn't even know it was coming out, and then all of a sudden, there's like here's a full stream of the record. Like I think like MPR did it like a couple weeks before it came out, and just like oh, cool. I wasn't expecting this. Like, that's a good thing to have this year. Yeah, um, sure. But it's just yeah. It I don't know. I find it. I really enjoy it. As, um, as a non as a non super because you guys trump me as far as the love for Brad Eyes and Conor O'Burst in general. Like, what is this? Is this record me not being a devotee to him should check out? I, I mean, it's it's so easy to listen to because there's not yeah. like it's not like Brad Eyes where there's like a million things going on or like you know Disparcitos, which is like you know a loud rock it's band. Ch- it's not challenging at all. It's, it's just, just straight. He plays piano, harmonica, guitar, and that's it. And he yeah. plays everything. Um, so it's, if there's, if there's a record to listen to that, like, it, I think it's like a really, a perfect gateway, even though it's, you know, 20 years into his career, but like a per- because it's, it's just so easy to listen to. Cool. Yeah. And it was one of those records where like, kind of like the nothing record planes where like I listen to it and it's just, it's just, it just, I don't know if it's a, sh- I don't know how long it is, but it's just such an easy listen that it's over. And I'm just like, Oh Yeah. There was it's, that. It's probably like a twenty-eight minute long record. It's super short. I, I and I know a lot of people complain about lengths of full lengths, but it's like, dude, when you're talking about that, you know, twenty-eight to thirty-five minute sweet spot, it's like that's great. Like you don't want to, mm-hmm. be- yeah, you don't you don't want to stick around too long. I just I love that that is obviously get not, in and get out, right? And it's not. I mean, it's not a trend, but it's definitely like. <laughs> I find myself liking those records so much more than like cool sixty five minutes of shit I gotta trounce through. Yeah, attention spans aren't there anymore in twenty sixteen with the uh, millennial generation. <laughs> you know what I I heard a new term Gen- Generation Z. You guys familiar with that? But that's happening right now. Uh, I know it from the song on the No Effects record. <laughs> per- perfect. So, I think it's the last song. It's called something like that. Did you yeah, like the record? Generation Z? What's that? Do you like the NoFX record? I like it as much as I like every uh, the last couple NoFX records where I'll listen to it all the way through like two or three times to go, yep. I laughed. <laughs> I uh, I nodded my head. It has two or three songs that are really fucking good. That's all I need. I think it's better than Coaster, Frisbee, whatever that one was. Are you forgetting about Self-Entitled? I guess I am forgetting about that record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's yeah, not yeah. It's, it's not their book, right? <laughs> yeah. The book it's, was pretty good. good. Um, have it, have not read it. It's good. Uh, 
Where are we at? Number seven, you, Jeremy? The Sun Kill Moon Yesu record. Oh. I could, Not into it? Dude, it killed, it fu- like, it killed me. Because again, I felt like, yeah. I mean, the record that Joey mentioned at number 10, I was just like, oh, this, this is hand-delivered on a platter for me. And maybe if this was yeah. 2004, Ray, I would have just like blindly listened to it and loved it. But continue. Here's the, here's, do you, how much of a chance did you give it? Cause, cause I'll be honest, when I first put it on, I said, nope. Cause I also, admittedly, I'm not a big Yesu fan. Like I, I had the first two things when those came out and they kind of came and went pretty quick for me. But, um, the 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 mix of loud jarring guitar with him just like talking loudly over it is really jarring and really hard to listen to i skip those songs and i go to the really mellow songs on the record okay that are pretty those ones are what seal the deal for me i don't know if you got give gave it that much of a chance but there's like i would say more than half the record is just like really pretty soft music with him doing his thing over it, which feels more Sun Kill Mooney and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, like the songs that are super loud and like chuggy and abrasive, like I, it's too much. I can't, I can't get into those, but the ones that aren't like that are so fucking good. Okay. I actually just went, saw him the other night and it was crazy. I know I was, Do you know what I, mean? I was supposed to, I was actually going to go to that show, but I can't remember why. Oh yeah. I think Raymond was sick or something like that, but yeah, I was, uh, I was bummed. What happened? Oh, you probably wouldn't have been bad bummed. Okay. He played for three and a half hours. <laughs> that dog's reaction was perfect. Um, <laughs> he played for three and a half hours. He, it started with, it was at the Regent. I would probably say there was, it's a 1200 cap venue. I would say there was about 400 people there. Ooh. Was it him solo or was it with Yesu? With Yesu. Split set. No, yeah. Like I mean, they, like they, they did together, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the crowd was thinking it was a Yesu show, were very mad, turned into like verbal confrontations on stage with Mark Kotlik, like fighting with the crowd, oh. being like, being like, you know who wrote all these fucking songs? He did. Uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, the God Flesh guy. Uh, Just, Justin, Justin Broderick. Yeah. Like some guy, uh, some guy's like, we need more JK. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, you call him JK. Cause you think that's his fucking cool hip name. I call him Justin. Cause that's his real fucking name. And like, <laughs> it was wow. So abrasive. And by the end of the show, there was mm, about a hundred people. So they, what did they, did he play like some kill moon songs for but three and a half hours? Like what? So they have a new record coming out together, like another Sunk Home oh. record. And they would probably played four new songs. Uh, one being the song they opened with, which was 33 minutes long. Oh my God. And it was just like, wow, this is testing so many people. Uh, but they did do a Leonard Cohen uh, famous blue raincoat cover, which was very nice considering the, he had just passed. And uh, yeah, it was fuck, man. It was like I was there with Ashley, and 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 like when he left the stage, and, the, and like those few people wanted an encore. Ashley looked at me like, if if we're not we're not staying, we're we're breaking up. Like we have to go. So yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a tough show, but 
I still really like the record and uh, I'm glad I watched the show because it, it felt like I was really watching a very challenging piece of art. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the, Joey, that's... did you listen to the record? Um, I have the record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I honestly, I give skip, skip to like track four and start from there. Cool. I, just, I, have I will. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't jump over because I'm like told like I worship at the altar of Justin Broderick. Like I, I, he does no yeah. wrong, and so like, I was like, oh, two two of my favorite musicians who I've seen multiple times live. How could this go wrong? But I need to. Uh, yeah, I appreciate the suggestion, and I will do exactly what you said. Yeah, because uh, man, skip the abrasive stuff just doesn't work in that end. I, I feel, but yeah. Have you, did you guys listen to the song uh, that they put out about Michael Jackson? Uh-uh. Oh my god. They, they put it up on like the Sun Kill Moon site. I'll send it to you guys after this, but it's called He's Bad. It's like, holy shit, he's just going for it. Like, the chorus is, he's bad, he's dead, and I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> just going hard. Shots fired again. Shots fired for sure. Uh... Am I am I doing number six? Yes, you are, sir. Angel Dust, rock the fuck on forever. Shit, shit rules. It's it just so good. That was probably my number eleven. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. that fell off my that fell off mine too. But yeah, there's 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 literally nothing not to like about the record. It's so like at a time where uh, I'm pretty admittedly bored with a lot of hardcore unfortunately uh there's certain bands that come around and appear that uh are everything i want and this is one of those records where it's just like like (laughs) i don't know i hope this isn't taken offensively but like it's like if offspring was still good (laughs) like there's parts like that where you're like it's got elements of that it's got elements of uh bad brain still like i don't know it's it's so damn good and uh i still haven't seen them live um but i'm excited to see them uh, for six weeks straight (laughs) (laughs) they're they're great live i'm sure yeah they're fun super fun very very good Uh, yeah so you go that's my number six joey yours um bony bear 22 a million don't have much more to say except when those first two single two songs came out i was like nope yeah i remember like, this I re- sucks. I remember us talking about it, and you're just like, I don't even get it at all. I don't even know what to do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I understand. And so then it, it came out, and I was at a record store, and they had the 12 inch and the full length like together. And I was like, ah, it's a good price. Like, I'm a sucker for a bargain. I need to own no, everything. So no, I, no, so no. I, well, oh. let's, let's, sorry, full stop. You're not a sucker for a bargain. You're a sucker. A sucker you're a sucker. Spending. Just go ahead. You're a sucker. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole's not here to agree with you, so I'm going to disagree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, but, something for purchase in front of me? Sure, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, so I bought it, and I was like, let's see what this is all about. And <laughs> it blew my mind. Like, hearing the songs, like, within the record, like, they make sense to me now. Like, I, I agree, it's like, I'm not going to listen to it every day, because it's, it's not an easy listen, but... The things he does, like, it just, like, I couldn't believe it. That's I couldn't believe I liked it as much as I did. Like, I didn't really, the last record was just self-titled. Yep. Was like, that was fine. It was good. Like, forever, forever, like, yeah, that's good. You know, skinny love, like, let's go get a Frappuccino or whatever. Um, like, 
But yeah, this record, yeah, this is my favorite record he's done. That's that's a really good point. I love I like when you can look at an artist's work and you can just look at them and be like, I don't even know how that comes out of a person's brain. And that's totally yeah. what this record is, where you're just like, so th- so he sat down and was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have 475,000 layers of vocals. I'm going to have maybe an instrument. And I'm just like, how? Where? And I'm going to talk about the Ace Hotel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then no one stopped him there. <laughs> he didn't have an editing voice in his ear for that one. But yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need to get, I'm going to sit down with it. Maybe I'll do that today while I'm, putting things together yeah I'll, I'll listen to that today yeah yeah it's i it's very good uh, yeah and my number six record uh, on the polar opposite side of difficult to get into is the uh, new moose blood record band called or not the band called the record's called blush um i mean i'm i'm like a total sucker for the band so like i i get why people look at them and they're just like oh they're cheesy emo indie rock or whatever and it's like i can't argue against that but the way the way that they do it and the way that they are as human beings i mean you know obviously each and every one of us here on this conversation likes bands unreasonably so just because of the humans that make up the band and uh, mm-hmm. moose blood is absolutely part of that category for me um I do think that the record, I mean, the record is infinitely better than their first one. Um, it's cool that they're becoming really, really popular because they're good human beings and they deserve it. Um, but yeah, love the Moose Blood record. I know that you guys have just are aware. Well, I, I actually am reflecting on a conversation we had a couple of years ago when I put this Moose Blood record on and then Jeremy was just like, oh yeah, I didn't even listen to the band because of the band name. It's like, oh, totally get it. Totally get it. Um, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the problem, Okay. There's like a there's like a handful of bands that, that actually recently we all we all listened to in the van just so we all like we're aware. have a point of reference yeah. like okay we're gonna listen to we're gonna hear what this band sounds like we're gonna hear what this band sounds like and uh, Moose Blood is is, is is in the better of those I would say I I, I don't remember specifically what it I, I think I know what it, I think I know which one it was but. It, it was better than a lot of the other ones that we listened to. Yeah. Like, like state champs. Right. <laughs> yeah. That band's terrible guys. <laughs> yeah. I did. I, the moment that that rolled off his tongue, I was like, I see this going over to Joey and Joey being like, no, no, I love that record. I saw them at South by Southwest last year and it was so much fun. Tr- Transcendent. <laughs> I, that's a, that's a bold word, but it was, yeah. Okay, we didn't even talk about state champs. <laughs> but uh Moose Blood, sure. Cool. They're good. Yeah, yeah. Middle of the road for you. And I I, I get it. They but I agree with Jeremy, they're like of like the crop of bands, like I'm glad that they're the band that seems or one of the bands that seems to be gaining some success because they are better at what they do than a lot of <laughs> that world. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll ping pong and my number five record is also a, or actually not, not a UK based band, but a Scotland band, uh, a band called departures. The record's called death touches us from the moment we begin to love, which obviously is a very 2001 from autumn to ashes <laughs> song yeah, title. Wow. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but departure basically, I mean, I'm a sucker for anything melodic and hardcore. So if it sounds like there's any melody and they're screaming over it. Like I'm, I'm predisposed to like it. And this record is the epitome of that. Um, I, I just, I like, 
No Sleep put it out over here digitally. Uh, that re- record label, I think it's Holy Roar Records, put it out over in the UK. Um, they, I mean, they play like 30 shows a year. They're just one of those bands that exists and has, I mean, they would like to be a full-time band, but there's no way that they're ever going to be that. Um, uh, they're doing all of our UK dates on this. We, we announced it this week. Uh, oh, that's right. I we, just, played, we played with them a couple years ago and I, and I thought they were awesome. Uh, and then they put out that next record with, with Chris. Um, but yeah, super, super good at what they do. Yeah. Cool band. Cool band for sure. Uh, I'm excited. I saw they just put out that record. So I, I hit them up. Um, so yeah, they're doing those shows. So I'm stoked to see them live. Nice. That'll be really cool. It's cool too, because they're, they, they're, they have a single songwriter. So it's like the guitarist that writes everything like lyrics, you know, it's basically the Chad Gilbert of departures. Um, but he heart like he's not a hardcore kid. He's like a total like placebo like Britpop dude. So like you can see the influences that he has on that, but he, like completely unintentionally of just like, oh yeah, that sounds like a riff from this band. He's just like, I've literally never heard American Nightmare, <laughs> and it's like that's that's I mean that's cool. That's cool that you can live in that world yeah. and do that. But um, but yeah, the record's nice. really good. I think nice. I think Joey, you would like. I mean, you, you listen to the the other one, the Teenage Haze, the one that Chris put out, maybe sort of. It just, seems, um, it just seems like a record you'd really like. I, I don't remember if I listened to it, but I will listen to this one. I'm going to add it to my list, my ever-growing list this of is, records I missed this year. We all learn from each other here. It's a beautiful thing. I'm sure my next record will be on both of your list of things to listen to. <laughs> it should come as no surprise to anyone who knows me at all that this is uh, my number five record. Then th- reveal, Jimmy. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> what do we got? Panic at the Disco. There it is. For Bachelor. I didn't even... Joey, this is how far removed I am from them. I had no fucking clue they released a record this year. Damn, no idea. And, and it's a fucking smash hit. <laughs> really? Like, like, like legitimate? It's fucking, it's fucking massive. Okay. Like, Full octane. I mean, they... Uh, I love this band. And they just... We never, I know. <laughs> I'm very unapologetic about how much I love this band. Uh, every record is better and better. I mean, this record just is a straight up pop record at this point. Um, like pop, like pop as in like, 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 like kiss okay. FM. Okay. Like Paul Abdul, like Paul Abdul. I, that, that, there's like probably they, some similarities. They could play, they could play in the voice. No problem. Oh yeah. hundred okay. percent. Okay. I mean, and it's just like, the fact that they were so big from that first record and then kind of, you know, the second record like dropped down and just the fact that they've been able to grow and grow and grow. I mean, they're this, they just did like amphitheaters with Weezer and this next tour they're doing like headlining and it's arenas. Like it's just crazy to me. Um, yeah. And they're very good. And this record. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I, I was looking at my list and I left. I was like, I like that. I have, Tony Vare and Panic the Disco next to each other. Yep. Those, those two probably don't get a lot of a lot of talk in the same. same <laughs> well, that's why that's why I love our lists because even though we all have a similar disposition for our music tastes, you combine us all together and you get this like basically it is a cross section of every genre of music possible, and that's why yep. that's why we work so well together, yeah. guys. I I almost put a country record on my my top ten. Georgia, Florida line. I know. Brad, Mar- Margo Price. Brad Paisley. <laughs> have, you, have you heard that Margo Price record? Mm-mm. Very good. 
It's on Third Man. It's very good. It's kind of like Lucero. Look. Just kidding. <laughs> Probably closer to Lucero than Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> yeah. Which I can, I mean, I've never heard Florida Georgia Line, I don't think. so. Yo, but, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I've seen them, and it makes me not want to listen to You've them. seen them? I've seen pictures of them. Right. Oh, dude. I, <laughs> Joey I liked had, them on Facebook. I have never <laughs> heard them until, like, this last tour. That is some crazy-ass, terrible music. It's like Taylor Swift with dudes and, like, then dubstep and rapping. And it's so bad. Country? It's but it's. I mean, you could throw hard quotes around the word country. They wear hats. It panders to. It's like the pandering thing where it's all about like my pickup truck and the blah blah blah. They're for sure. They're totally. They're, the only reason I know about them is because at the barbershop I go to, they have CMT playing there constantly, and I saw a Florida Georgia Line video, and I was just like holy shit and then right after it's a cassidy pope video and i'm just like what a fucking world am i living in this is so weird yeah number one we're in trump's america my friends we're in trump's america <laughs> they should yeah, they, they should they should actually play the inauguration that's a good point no vince neal is oh, oh yeah he was convicted of murder Ap- apropos apropos <laughs> conversation for another day yeah that could be a whole other can of can of can of beans all right uh, could be a whole another two-hour podcast yeah. yeah uh my i'm doing my number five right correct yeah number five nothing tired of tomorrow uh sounds like fucking yeah like i'm with i'm with i'm with ray on this like where guilty of everything was really super good and i enjoyed it but it it you know, it didn't, I don't go back to it a lot, but this record to me sounds like they purposely went more accessible and it sounds like fucking the best parts of Smashing Pumpkins meets like, you know, whatever shoegaze thing you want to reference. But, uh, I think the more elements of Smashing Pumpkins made it a much more listenable record and, uh, it's got super catchy parts and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's funny that like, yeah, dudes that you would normally look at and be like, those are some sketchy ass dudes. Uh, write this really pretty pop shit and blah blah blah. So, band's awesome. It's cool to see them doing what they're doing. Uh, they're interesting and um, yeah, I, lo- I, uh, I love it too. Like enjoy. the added benefit of them being on Relapse Records, where it's just like you totally. could, you could not continue to throw more curveballs at it. Where it's just like here's Relapse releasing it, you know, saving the record from obscurity after the whole you know collect thing. Yeah, not collect. <laughs> Sorry. After yeah, that, was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was called Collect. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. After that thing all fell apart, it's just like it, it's just rad that Relapse can obviously be put, save the day. Yeah, and be put in a different stature where it's just like, oh yeah, we can we can really release records that are you know quote unquote mainstream successful, even though you know it's not hitting Billboard charts, but still. Well, hey, we all know what the number one selling Metal Blade record of all time is, right? Google Dolls. Google Doll. Yeah. Truthfully, Truth. so sick. Yeah, yeah. Buff- Buffalo's finest, man. Yeah, so them, sick. Them and Scott Vogel hanging around together. That's what I love. To like, they legitimately came up in the same scene, and I love it. It's insane. That's, That's insane. Um, should I do number four? Yeah, absolutely. Angel Olsen, my woman. Nice. And uh, make anyone else? Li- uh, anyone else? No. Joey, yeah. do you listen to this record? I listen. I really like it. It's really good. Uh, I just haven't listened to it. It's, uh, 
I felt like the last one was great because there was like a lot of, you know, different elements to it. But the last half of the record didn't stand out to me as much. And I kind of just like would always end up turning it off after like side A. But uh, this record is enjoyable from start to finish. I feel like it it goes harder at a sound like Roy Orbison and uh, Fleetwood Mac almost and blah, blah, blah. So, uh Good call. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't think about it from more from that perspective. That's definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it with with that in mind too. Because I, I thought the record was great, but I, I I didn't really pick up those influences. What you're talking about? Yeah, but like the Roy Orbison, like track two sounds like it could be a Roy Orbison song. The record's awesome. I loved it. Uh, I, I hope I get to see her on this. You know, on this cycle uh, of of shows she's doing with this. I saw her in support of the last record, and I thought it was pretty good. But I. I now that this record is out, I'm excited to see her. I feel like there's a whole new level of, of confidence with everything she's doing, too. It's awesome. Like, I'm watching her on uh, one of the late-night TV shows. It was, like, the best performance I've seen her do. So I'm stoked to, to see it go go further. Um, yeah, there you go. That's rad. Joey, you want your number four? Yes. Um, my number four is Pup. The Dream is Over. Oh, throwing some uh, side, side one love. But and side note, real quick, Jeremy, you you during talking about Angel Ocean said a new level of confidence. Is that yeah. a hint earlier? A new level? No, that's a new level. A oh. new. Oh, a yeah. new level. Yeah, a new think, a new level of confidence and power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice stuff. Uh, I don't know if it's on purpose, but I mean. It, it, Basically, Jer- it, Jeremy and Phil Anselmo are, have, share a lot of sensibilities. Uh, I mean, <laughs> jo- jokes. that sounds like <laughs> I'm jokes. walking into a trap. No trap. Well, he's, uh, he, Phil, Phil Anselmo came out in decil- in the most not the most recent issue of Decibel. <laughs> I'm so glad you found. <laughs> Oh. That's perfect. A new level. Exactly. You could. Jeremy could actually just do. You could sign to his label, like Housecore Records. You can just start a project with him right now because he'll put it out. He puts out everything he ever really ever has thought about releasing. Anyways, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, that'd be. Anyway. Cool. Yo, he's on a Vision of Disorder song, and it's sick as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, pup. Um, <laughs> uh, that's right. We were talking about pup. Good job. Uh, 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 pup, the dream is over. I thought the last record was cool. I saw them at Fest last year, and it was like, oh, this band's really good. And they played a couple new songs, and I was like, I'm gonna listen to that record when it comes out. And it's just, it is so fun. It is an, it's catchy as hell. Um, yeah, I just, I really enjoy it, and I, I listen to it. It's probably the lit record I've listened to. The second most this year. It totally, we'll save it. <laughs> it totally. It reminds me. This could have come out in the late, whatever, mid to late nineties on Fat Records, and like no one would have batted an eye. Which, if anyone knows me, yeah, nineties yeah. Fat and Epitaph is pretty much my wheelhouse. So, yeah, this record speaks to me, and I really enjoy it. And who the song, who the first song is about ever? No, I I haven't heard, but I would like to know. God, um, I, that that stood out to me. I was just like, man, if this is about someone else in the band, like, how are you guys still a band? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty brutal. And then 
the the video for Sleep in the Heat whew, thing is uh, that, that's the one. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that that was a that's a, that was that's a, that's a, that's a yeah real tearjerker. Um, have you seen it, Ray? I have not watched it now. But it's got the kid from Stranger Things. In I was it. about to say Finn. Finn. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's about like they find this dog. It's just about the dog. It's really sad. Hmm. It's really, if for anyone who loves dogs, it's going to hurt you even more. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's like old, old Yeller style. Yeah, but so, yo, to make a music video actually have a, a an emotional connection with somebody, it's like crazy because music videos suck. So uh, <laughs> I was imp- I was hella impressed by it. It's yeah. super good. Yeah, I, I I was not expecting to like this record as much as I did and or do. And I yeah, I love it. Um, Rash, yeah. number four record that I have. I'm kind of cheating because I'm putting this together, but it's technically the same thing. So it's the Stranger Things soundtrack, volumes one and two. So it this is a box set, so it'll it's fine. Yeah, I, I kind of it's like if I really like put a gun to my head, sure, like volume one more than volume two, but whatever. Um, so yeah, Stranger Things obviously captured the entire internet by storm when it first came out over the summer, and then it was one of those things that you know everybody was like, oh, the soundtrack's so sick, and then like looking further into it, it's just like, oh yeah, these dudes that signed a relapse from a band called survive did this soundtrack and it was just you know listening to it it's like it's this obviously they fully realized the world they knew exactly what they were doing it's you know total homage to everything that uh the 80s was about but then also um you know put their own spin of originality i saw i went to see survive when they were on tour supporting their relapse record that came out and um it w- i was like okay who's gonna come to this show is it like gonna be people that are like total you know moog electronic nerds or is it gonna be people who are just like play the stranger Things song um fortunately it wasn't the play the stranger Things song even though they did do that like towards the very end not the last song but um wow that's cool yeah it was cool i mean they basically just played you know most of the new songs from their record which sound exactly like the stranger Things soundtrack so no one would really just be disappointed um but as far as like listenability is concerned, it's just like I put the record on. And I'm just like, great, I'll listen to it again. Oh, great, I'll listen to it again. And not only does it evoke the feelings of the show that I really, really enjoyed, um, but then it's just a really good piece of music. So loved both of them. How how psyched do you think Relapse is, dude? Just like it basically. <laughs> Why are we putting on metal anymore? One hundred percent. I I it's literally the equivalent of them like opening a door to a vault of like you know like a, a uncle scrooge style vault of just like money laying on the floor it's just like oh yeah, well, this is great because like th- those dudes have been putting out records for years and years and years like toiling in relative obscurity and then they get yeah. plucked out of nowhere it's amazing and they um, don't and they don't look like like uh, looking at the guys like granted this is totally judgmental but like looking at them they don't look like total douchebags you know where it's just like oh you guys are like artists that live in austin like cool they look just like you know kind of just like schlubby music dudes you know which is like cool they're not like some you know really well thought out like model-esque guys playing this sort of music because i think that would be a really like weird juxtaposition so um not to say that attractive people can't play music but don't look like disclosure right <laughs> yeah totally like they're gonna get yeah they're gonna be up on stage at uh you know ne- the next edm festival or whatever um although you know, they could but real quick i mean you could cut this out of the podcast this isn't important uh i've never listened to the xx before and i just watched their snl performance people like that dude i fucking love the i i'm I, fully like, on board I thought, I thought the last record i was like oh this is fine and then i saw they put up the record and i was like 
I guess I'll listen to this new song and immediately order the record. Immediately. Yeah, love it. Was it the song they played on SNL? I was one of them, I think. It's probably. Yeah, did, you watch, did you watch that? Yeah. Take my money. Take all of my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the XX, too. Like, even, well, last year... You you were not a part, you were not a part of this, it Jeremy. Felt like it felt like an SNL skit. <laughs> like those two, the two, the the guy and the girl, and it felt like they were hired, like they were playing a role. It was so uncomfortable. Wow. Like like I, it was one of those things where I was like, I, "Am I too? I guess I'm not too old because you guys are older than me." But what the <laughs> hell? Yeah. I- I, I didn't. I wasn't expecting because I thought I think that last record is pretty boring, and I don't remember it being as like electronic. Is that the last one? I haven't listened to it in a very long time. There's more. It was more minimal, but there's still a decent amount of electronics. Not like this. Not just like, the production sounds like, and I think it was because of the production on the last one. I mean, didn't they record it in like a garage or in a parking garage? The last record. I think that's what I heard. I would be surprised if some songs um, but this one, like I think, yeah, you know, Jamie X, X or whatever his name is, like now has more money than God, and they could probably, you know, were able to record where do whatever they wanted. Yeah. So yeah, Jamie, yeah, that, I'm so excited. yeah. That Jamie XX, the guy of that duo, put out a record last year that made my top ten, and I saw like, I I, that. what's that? I remember you talking about it. I, I just it was I, I can't like I still I still reflect on that show to be like who the fuck am I that I'm like at a show, like legitimately dancing. It's like, I don't know, but yeah. So sorry, Jeremy, we can't. It also says the fact that the DJ is the, the fucking, the highlight of the band is also like, I hate, (laughs) (laughs) I I seriously was just like, this is, it felt, it felt fake to me. Like it felt like, like this isn't a real band. Like if, it felt orchestrated. I don't know. Well, they can't, I, I don't know. To, to be, and to be fair too, like there's not much that you can do with like two human beings getting up on a stage. Like they have to make their shit. Like, you know, they have to have a, a, a crap load of production when they're going out on tour. So like them getting up on a sound stage on Saturday night live, like is probably going to suck no matter how good the song is, you know, but they, they like, they like choreographed moves with each other and then like the, the guy kissed the girl after and she looked like she wasn't that stoked on that it was really bad <laughs> I, I don't, I, don't I, I think I'm going to avoid kiss, watching the kiss this was awkward. Oh. the kiss was what what's that the kiss was awkward yeah dude <laughs> all right Ray watch it get back to me see if I'm crazy it felt like a fucking skit no I will but, I'll, I'll look at it Okay, sorry. Uh, Ray, I think Ray, podcast oh, yeah. continue. No, yeah, we'll, we'll now I'll loop around my number three. Uh, speaking on the uh, electronic uh, music trip that we were just on was uh, so it's an artist named Tycho, uh, a record called Epoch. Um, so the dude, from what I understand, this guy like lives in San Francisco is just like a graphic designer, um, very a la a la uh, Nick from your band, Jeremy. Um, but he just decided to start like making these sort of like erythral ish, like electronic music stuff. Uh, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight years ago. And then now he does it from a full-time perspective, has a full-time band and tours. And, but anyways, this, this record, this is like third or fourth full length. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like a perfect driving record. You can put it on late at night, early in the morning, whenever you're driving somewhere that's longer than 40 minutes. Um, 
and it's just a beautiful record. So yeah, Tycho is, and I saw him live. He played, saw him at the observatory. I want to say about a year and a half ago. And, um, I was just curious how he's going to pull it off. Cause basically he's the dude that does everything. And like, you know, he like plays drums and like does programming and shit like that. Um, but he had a full band, like bassist, guitarist and stuff like that. Um, but just watching him like play drums and then have to like go do some more stuff and then like come back to it. it's just like, again, going back to the idea of like, this all came from one person's brain. I'm like, I, you know, I hats off to you, man. You put so much more work than I ever will on any piece of art and you win, you win. I don't. And I get to listen to your record. So that was the uh, number three of the year for me. Right. Yeah. And I know that neither of you have listened to it. Uh, What about your number three? Uh, my number three is Touche Mori, stage four. Um, yeah! yeah. Uh, I know. Jer- I was hoping that Jeremy would put his record one through ten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's very good. I've talked to Jeremy about my feelings on this record. Um, so I will not share them again. I'll keep them private. But I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Uh, no, I, I really, you know, this record hit me in a way that records don't hit me anymore and made me feel things that records don't make me feel. So yeah, it's very good. You know, appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I might, I might have something to say about it in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys, um, it's going to say it sucked. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Actually I'll, I'll say it right now. It made my number, number 20 on my list. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh man. Um, okay. Where are we at? Number three. Yes. Yep. Uh, Connor Oberst, Ruminations. Um, I'll just add that Joey, it was, it was you who, because I was on tour at the time, and you were like, have you listened to the Connor record yet? And I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. And I had bought it, uh, I think maybe like the day before, uh, or because I bought it in Canada, I remember that, because then I saw you a couple days later in Providence. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I haven't listened to it yet, but like, it's in my stack of records that I have. And uh, I think it was that next whatever night drive i had to do i looked into the whole thing it was just like fuck it's everything i want like straightforward easy uh songs are you can you know they're storytelling ish you can follow them and uh, yeah it's it's great i want to know what the names that are uh jumbled out on i think it's the fourth song where he talks about someone drowned in a pool and someone like walking home from school Okay. About these two kids, uh, two people who died, but uh-huh. the name, he says the names, but they're like censored on the record. On the liner notes, and the liner notes, there, there's, uh, there's just like a like underscore where the, those words should be. But he's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's the fourth song. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. I'll have to. I'm going to pay attention to that. Like that's that's interesting. We're just listening to it you probably wouldn't notice, but I was looking at the liner notes one day and I was like, Oh weird. Like there's, it's like purposely like the words aren't there. Yeah. And so I listen to the song and it, it's like, it's like when someone swears on the radio and they just like put it right. backwards or like <laughs> jumble. And that's what it sounds like. Huh? Yeah. How? Never. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, Mike, I'm what I'm curious on is the, you all loved him one song where I'm wondering if that's like sort of a response to the, you know, climate we're in where people get called out or like whatever all the time and i think it's like maybe just different people inspiring that song that's what i kind of get like 
Is he talking about Bill Cosby and um, elements? Is he talking about, you know, this kind of a thing uh, and how that gets all reflected. But like, there's no specific line that references like Bill Cosby, but it's just sort of the idea of how people turn on people so quickly. And obviously he went through that with that accusation that ended up being false, but yeah, it's uh, that song definitely stood out. as like a, Holy shit. What's this about? You know, there's a, did you know that there was, he had like, uh, not a brain aneurysm, but like, there's like, Oh yeah. He had some health scare. Yeah. Cause he spoke about that when when he appeared on a Mark Maron's podcast. He talked about that. Yeah, and there's a lot of a lot of lyrics that make reference to it. I, th- that, huh. I think it was. I think it was. It may have been cancer of some. I don't know. I, I think it was a tumor, but it was like a benign. I. Um, Interesting. But yeah, Interesting. like I think it's like, and the song uh, where he mentions um, Robin Williams and right. Christians, like yeah, two, of, two of them uh, were suicide. And two of them, I think, were like heart attacks or, uh, like, some like a brain aneurysm or something that, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. There's, it's it's interesting. Like, I think yeah. the lyrics on this, are like, I seem, I feel like maybe more personal than, you know. He's yeah. definitely always been a personal songwriter, of course. But like, yeah, the, I think when it comes to age too, because uh, he's in the three of our age range. I think he's like 36, maybe at this point, 35, 36. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, there's certain artists that grow up in a weird way along with us to where, you know, certain uh, songs get written that, that stick closer to, uh, to your lives because, you know, they, there's sort of reflections of what all of us are going through. So yeah, th- I think that's another aspect of this record that I really liked. So it was a cyst. He had a cyst in his brain. Oh, okay. Um, there you go. Yeah, well, that like there's a lot of references to it throughout the record. Got it. Um, should I do my number two, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Number two, culture abuse. Uh, Peach. <laughs> Peach. I. It's the moment I heard it. I was like, "This is it. This is everything I want." It's so catchy and smart and. Uh, dark as hell elements to it uh uh i get excited just you know you throw the word cool around you know like uh, i mentioned angel dust like just being like a cool band like culture bees is just a fucking cool band uh they're everything about them like their work ethic everything about it it's so it's so fucking cool like for those listening like touche just took them on tour and uh like they're almost <laughs> both their guitar players couldn't get into Canada and they still figured out how to play those shows. Like dudes and two, like me, Nick and Clayton filled in playing guitar. Uh, but then like tiny moving parts, tour manager filled in. And then like in Toronto, like dudes from the flatliners and like a tattoo artist friend, like filled in like every day they somehow made it work. And then they got back into the U S and like one of the dudes had to fly home. So they got another friend to fill in. Like the fact that they were just able to, to laugh it off, smoke weed and be like we're gonna fucking just do it like who gives a shit like life is fucking fun let's just like make shit work is really inspiring to be around every single day and that's just their whole aesthetic of like uh you know 
making art and having fun. And uh, I think it reflects in the music. But then also, there's a lot of dark element. Obviously, it talks about like a lot of uh, uh, police drama and things like that. But um, I, I don't know. It, getting to be around them and just hearing the songs live, blah, blah, blah. They're, the record's fucking great. Uh, good job putting that out, Joey. <laughs> when talking to Davey and being like, these songs can be, can be played on the radio. Like, you want to sound like the Beach Boys. And just like saying, you know, things are just like, okay, like, <laughs> knowing what it's going to sound like. And they're like, you know, they, we did, we released a seven inch, we released the demo on 12 inch and then the seven inch. And like, you hear that seven inch and those two songs, you're like, there's like elements of like catchiness and like, like hooks. And you're like, yeah. And then this LP comes out and it's just like hook after hook. And like, oh. yo, Davey, like, he was right. Like this shit is, it's undeniably catchy. Yeah. Like, it's got, it's, yeah, it sounds like there's elements that sound like rancid. There's elements that sound like jawbreaker, but then it's the thing where you mentioned with nothing like hardcore kids playing it, like, which whenever I feel like you got people who come from punk and hardcore playing a different style of music in a way, like you being someone who's like on the inside with that, you hear that aspect like, Oh, I get why you wrote that part that way. You wouldn't have written that part that way unless you came from punk and hardcore. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't informed. Yeah. You weren't informed by any other scene. It's like, no matter what you create after you're, you've been profoundly influenced by as a younger person, it's always going to be through that lens. And the, it just makes it, it, honestly, it's like I think that's why all of us are still so passionate about you know. I mean, we're always going to refer to ourselves as hardcore and punk kids because people that have come from the scene that we've come from, no matter what it is that they're creating, is going to have that sort of visceral bite to it. You know, is going to have that little edge that just like you fucking know what you're doing, and I can smell it, and I can hear it, and I can taste it. And just to your point, Jeremy, it's like that's what makes it like sort of undeniably cool. Where you're just like, yo, you know what's up. <laughs> yeah, and also what it makes it always cool is the fact that like. If you come from punk and hardcore, if you're not a psychopath, you you have a very low bar set already because you know that there's a low ceiling for what we're trying to accomplish. Because all we all most punk and hardcore kids want to do is get in a van with their friends and tour and hopefully, you know, make it back with more money than you left with. That's the hope for everybody. And they uh, so the fact that they do things their own way and do things with such level of positivity and everything like that, like, and see things, see like a potential for greater things than the than the bar that's so low. It's just, it's exciting to see always. So that's right. Shout out culture abuse. Fucking so good. <laughs> I agree. I, I, uh, I, th- I third that motion. Yeah. Uh, my number two. Yes, please. Uh, my number two is Lapsley. Long Away Home. No idea what that is. No idea. Uh, she it's on XL. She's from the UK. Wait, wait, wait. female vocalist. Of yes. course, of course. Uh, it's like it's almost. I mean, it's like electro pop, like R and B influence. There's a song that's just straight up sounds like a disco song. And it, this is the record I was talking about earlier, where like I just had it in that playlist and because it came out like early in the year and I was just like, Oh, this is cool. And then I just put it in and it kept like coming up on shuffle and being like, this is incredible. And like every time a different song would come up, it'd be like, this is like, so then I would go back and listen to the whole record and it just, it, yeah, it's so good. 
like her voice, this is an incredibly unfair comparison. Um, it's like comparing a band chart saying they sound like Nirvana, but <laughs> at, at times her voice is like similar to like Adele in a way, but I haven't heard, I haven't heard of her. Who is she? Just, uh, you should check her out. She's kind of popular. Oh. Like, give it the time. But, but she, I don't know. There's just something about this record that makes me keep coming back and it's, it's catchy. It's like dark and moody kind of, but with just like these beats over, I don't know. It's something I feel like Jeremy won't like. Okay. And Ray might like. <laughs> well, you, you're, you're describing things that sound interesting to me. So yeah, you said laps, lapsley, lapsley, L A L A P S L E Y. Okay. Yeah. Check it out. Um, yeah, that is my number two record. I really enjoy it. Thank you. My number two record is uh, a little record from a band that we spoke of previously called Touche More. Oh, yeah. guys. This is, well, you, you knew this was an inevitability, not just because you put out a record this year, because yeah. even though Joey and I are obviously fully in your court and you have us in your pocket, you know, we'll, like, if your record sucks, we're not going to put it in our list, which is going to make a huge difference in your life. <laughs> huge difference. I mean, we would, I mean, at this point, we wouldn't even be friends. Listen. Listen, we're on Epitaph now, so we didn't make the Rolling Stone top 20, or we didn't make the, you know, like, we're, we're out, we're no longer cool there, but as long as I'm on the, uh, the podcast, that's... <laughs> that's, that's a marker of true success. You see, yeah, yeah, Pitchfork hasn't published their list yet, so you, you, there's still hope, Jeremy. You could still hold your they, I actually just, uh, I don't know if they're doing one the same, because I, I searched, like, who's put up, you know, yeah. whatever their lists, and... There's like a pitchfork urine thing where I think it's just in order of the of the uh, review of like the ratings. Um, and they, so in that case, we were number eighty nine. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll what take was, it. What was number what one. What's that? What was chance number the one? Any chance the rapper? Mm. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to put up a different one. But um, we we laughed though because it survived by got an eight point oh. And Pitchfork, uh, from Pitchfork, and Stage 4 has an 8.1. We've improved one-tenth of of a percent. That's a huge leap, dude. Exactly. I mean, I I appreciate you guys saying that. That's really nice. Uh, Obviously, like, the record uh, took a long time to write, and uh, it, you know... Both of you uh, have have things you've dealt with or are currently dealing with that you can you know relate to in, in your own ways and uh, shit yeah I'm hella proud of it and uh, if it's the last record we do that's fine by me because I don't know what else I could ever write about uh, that will be as close or impactful I don't want to also jinx myself and ask for any more yeah <laughs> this is hey this could I mean, be this could be your slaughter of the soul at the gates you know you're just like all right well we did it we're on we're on top man. And then you yeah. come and put it uh, yeah. um, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's really impressive to me that, I mean, I'll obviously have followed your band from the beginning and just for each record, I feel has gotten better and better and better that I think that is, is says something about your band. And still, uh, and I think still the important part of, I mean, basically any band's trajectory is where you obviously, especially ones that you've traced and you felt like you've grown up with, is the fact that there's still elements and threads that make them who they are, you know? It's like, because that, that's ultimately what keeps you engaged in a band. Like, 
if you know i mean obviously we all like reinventions and we like you know shedding of skin where it's like okay this band doesn't sound anything like what they used to sound like and that's cool in certain elements but then especially when you're talking about aggressive music you still want it to have that thread of you know you, you want it to have that bite and that bark that you liked you know from their demo or original seven inch and that's why it's like you still have that element in this in stage four but there's you know there's there's life there is character there's all these things that you develop just because you're getting older as a human being and that shit uh is important you know and that's why it's like you that's why you're, you're able to step so confidently into the record that you you did so anyway, yeah, yeah good good job good record i didn't need to say all this and joey didn't need no, to say all this but there you go <laughs> no, it, it means a lot like the the amount of it's funny so like obviously Joey specifically knows about yeah, Hesitation Wounds put out a record this year too and it's funny that like Hesitation Wounds we wrote that we wrote the music to that we wrote that record in three days and we recorded it that same week basically like on and off or whatever but like to have to put out a record that we recorded and wrote, wrote in three days recorded you know very quickly and then also write a record that took eight months to write and then you know a month in the studio on and off or whatever it's just to you to use Ray's word juxtaposition it's like it's it's just it, it was uh it, doing all that in one year was like a really wild experience to to see the night and day of like both sides of that and uh i'll say that uh, i'm very proud of both records but but yeah that the the touche record uh fucking that 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 was the hardest thing I've ever done and probably will ever do. Uh, so the fact that anyone could appreciate it means the world, especially two of my best friends. So thanks guys. Thanks Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. So now, uh, we're down to our number one records. And, um, I think this is the first time where I really don't have any indication of what you guys have on as your number one. So I, I think I know Jeremy's. <laughs> you I definitely. A, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a guess of Ray's, but I don't, I don't know. Okay. You guys have no clue what my record is. I can't wait. Well, you probably said Panic at the Disco, so I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, this, this is going to even further throw us. But uh, So my number one record is Daughter, Not to Disappear. Oh, I, yeah, I was just thinking about that as you were talking about Lapsy. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you're thinking, making me think of like female vocal stuff. Like, fuck, there's a Daughter record this year. Yeah, and that, the reason that that, I mean, that came out in January. And it's like... Yeah, that's like... Dude, sort of forgot about it. it's a, you know that's a that's a almost a year ago but uh yeah this record i mean obviously all of us loved the uh previous daughter stuff and you know saw them open for the national at the cemetery here in la and like you know watched them evolve over time but like this record was just um even more confident more fully realized um even though like you know sh- she as a vocalist like live is still like the most just like I uh, hi I don't even know why I'm up here. Thanks for coming. Like just like just doesn't even expect anybody to care about what they're doing. Because um, I I think I saw them perform like maybe about three or so months after the record came out, and the songs were just like just haunting, beautiful, everything that the record is. So and th- this the reason I put this at number one was just based off how many times I listened to the record, and it was uh, just undeniable as far as like yeah like you know yeah I could have interchanged my top four pretty easily but i just listened to this one the most so yeah this daughter record is just everything that um you know kind of a emotional rock band should be 
that uh, they're playing at the Wiltern. Did they already play the Wiltern show? Was that? I don't. Today? I don't know. It's pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's. I. I, I opened that bands in town app and I was like, oh, daughter's playing, and I think it. It could have been last night. I don't know. It's one of these days, but I was like, that's crazy. They're playing the Wiltern. It's huge. It's wild. Yeah. I I've had a really hard time getting into this record. Like I, and I kind of forgot that it existed. Hmm, okay. Yeah, it's been, know, it's been need, yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of stuff that's happened since then. Yeah. 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 I need I, I need to spend more time with it because I loved the last one. Um, yeah, to me to me to me it's like they've just added more elements of like they know how to craft songs, you know, as opposed to just like moods. Because I think that's what they really did that captured the first record. This one is just like it still captures those moods, but they're able to do it in a song like fashion that they just weren't able to do, you know, consistently on their first record. So, yeah, it's great. It's yeah, really good. I will spend more time with it. Sounds good. What's your number one, Joey? My number one record is DMA's Hills End. Um, they are no idea. A, you, t- you told me about this band on our drive across the country. I remember. Yes. I think you maybe played it. Even I'm sure I don't I, remember. This, like Ray, this is the record to have listened to the most this year. Uh, they're they're from Australia. They sound like Oasis. Um, I mean, to the point where there's an interview where one of the Gallagher's, I think they were playing like DMAs was playing some UK thing, and he was like, "I'm not going to fucking cheer for them." Something. <laughs> Something like something very. I think it was no. Yeah, but it's just it's so fucking good. I mean, it's. I saw them. Who put it out? uh, Mom and Pop put it out in the states. Um, I saw them at South by Southwest. They look like soccer hooligans. They just look drunk, and like they walked on stage, and the second they started, it was just like. I wanted to just throw money at them. Like it was one, like it was, they played some showcase. They played one in the morning. There was maybe at that point, 50 to a hundred people still there. And it was the best, maybe one of the best live performances I've seen all year. Like it was unbelievable. Um, yeah. So there was from, I pretty much knew for a long time that this was my number one record. Like it was tough to, it'd be tough to beat. And I hope they get more traction in the States. I hope they come back because they're very good and everyone should listen to this band. Nice. Dick. Do I sound my, it sounded like my audio was fucking up. Am I okay? Yeah, okay. I'm okay. You're perfect. I'm good. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give that record another, another spin. I think you played it on that drive, but I, I, I don't remember an Oasis sounding thing. Maybe you didn't. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I did, but we were also in the car a lot and listened to a lot of things. <laughs> This is true. This is true. Um, all right. My number one. Uh, as my dog gets up. Uh, Leonard Cohen. You want it darker? Uh, it's so fucking good. Um, it's so it's so fucking good. Uh, did you guys read that New York, that New Yorker article? Mm-hmm. Or they now put up uh, right after he passed away. They put up the audio from a lot of it. It's like a it's like a short podcast. Uh, it's probably like thirty minutes long. But uh, I mean, obviously the fucking election happened, and then a day later Leonard Cohen dies. Like that was probably 
one of the worst fucking weeks uh, ever. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm more upset about still. Um, obviously, Leonard Cohen dying is, is, is super fucking. It's yeah, it's hard. But like, I mean, that, that whole. That, sorry, I, that we, I think we talked about that whole New Yorker article. Isn't a lot of about him just being like, I'm ready to die. Yep. Yep. It's and that's what the entire record is like for the most part. It's him sort of like in a in his own way tying up a lot of loose ends of like singing about certain specific things and uh but yeah i mean the first song which was like the which is called you want a darker uh which was like the song that got debuted um like the end of the chorus he says i'm ready my lord and it's like hearing him say that with his voice it's like and you know he means it and he's so content with death it's crazy but like the article came out and it's super long. Like if it was in a book, it'd probably be like a 40 page book. It's a long fucking article. Um, but, uh, they reveal when they put up the podcast that, um, he did the article, he did the interview in a hospital bed. Um, like he had like a medical bed, uh, and he was living Merrick and I are creeps. And we figured out where he, where he lived in Los Angeles. Uh, he lives, uh, or he, he was living above his daughter in an apartment, uh, basically by the El Rey. Um, and when we saw on Google maps, the, the apartment and it's the front lawn from, uh, two records ago. So it's like, Holy shit, that's totally where he's been. Um, but so he did, he recorded all the vocals for this record in a hospital bed. Um, when they did the interview, he, they said he was about 105 pounds. Uh, he was, he had cancer, but he kept it private just all this crazy stuff. Like, so all those elements obviously, you know, hit home. Uh, and then hearing, obviously it's a Leonard Cohen record, so I'm in, but, uh, it's, it's heavy. It's beautiful. Um, the fact that his son produced it is also really nice and sweet. Uh, there's just, I don't know if, and I don't know how much you guys ever really gave any of his material ever, uh, a listen. I always point people to his first four records as like, and he gave, and you can you can put them all in a, in a playlist, and they all sound interchangeable. Like it, it's all just perfect, sad, fucked up, sad, dark music. But uh, yeah, this new record is a, it's you know it's like the David Bowie record with a lot of people, where it's 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 them sort of admitting that they're ready to step out and leaving a beautiful legacy behind. It's just yeah. it's crazy that the year started with yeah a new a new David Bowie record, and then yeah. he died. It ends with a new Leonard Cohen record, and he dies. Like, yeah, and and I know the David Bowie record uh, dealt with his you know mortality as well. So it's just it's 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 wild hearing that from from people. You know, like not to bring this around to me, like I have any fucking connection to any of it. But like, I wrote the lyrics to fucking is survived by as like a you know person who just hit thirty, like thinking about my legacy, and I can't even imagine like being at the age where you know you're on your way out and then writing about it so candidly. I don't know. It's it, it's very moving. And uh, if if you haven't listened to the last couple of his records, like I think the two of you would absolutely love the first song on the record for sure. It's I, It sounds different than the rest of the record, but that first song. Um, I was... Uh, I saw that uh, Barnes & Noble had an, has an exclusive uh, Book of Mormon LP and I was like, oh, fuck, I need that. Like I went and saw it and it was great. And I was like, and while I was just... They're having a sale, like a Cyber Monday sale or whatever. Yeah. And I saw that they have like, like exclusive like version of the Leonard Cohen record. And I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll pick it up. So I've ordered it, but I, I haven't received it yet. 
Cool. Yeah, I think it, I think it ships like December 9th or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But, I hold on, or- back though. Barnes and Noble, if they had an exclusive what, like a color? Yeah. Uh, every every retailer that's like huge has their own their own colorways now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, funny, it's funny that there's a Leonard Cohen colored vinyl. That's really weird. But both, I guess you know what him being the author. I guess I'll, I'll, I'll give Barnes and Noble a pass on this one because he was an actual <laughs> author. But you know, as soon as this ends, I'm going to BarnesandNoble.com and ordering that. Shout out to <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's a, that, that's a that's a good list, guys. I think we basically basically uh, no one else really needs to publish the list, any, list anymore because no, like, we've kind of covered it. So I, I feel like what's, what's interesting about this year is I feel like every year I feel like there's records where I think we know what are going to be on each other's list, but I feel like this year was the biggest. And there's always records that are the same, but I don't know if there were there were so few records that crossed over. Yeah, yeah, this is the smallest that crossed over. Like, yeah. Three. Yeah, because usually it's like, you know, maybe one or two of us having similar records. Um, but yeah, this one is definitely very divergent, which is which is cool because... This, is, yeah. this might be the first year where there's a record that all three of us didn't have on our list. Yeah, multiple. That's, that's the first time I think that's happened. I know, that's that. Wow, we're, we're just making history left and right. I know. Uh, be- before we depart, we should talk about movies. That, you guys are getting into way worse music. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not you. It's us. My taste perfect <laughs> i love it uh do you quickly talk about movies and television and anything else that uh, you've liked this year sure want to do movies first yeah let's do movies i'll just i'll what do you like I'll, favorite I'll, movie of the year yeah well I, I i i just named two uh partially just because there are movies that i haven't seen that i know i'll probably like that are coming out like we always kind of run into at this point of the yeah year. but uh green room and neon demon i loved both of those movies so much and they were so much fun yeah. especially green room just because it's obviously since all of us are punk kids that we identified with that movie um neon it's, D- it's, it's the first movie where they ref- where it's like a punk and hardcore thing and it doesn't give you idiot shivers the yeah. entire time totally it's like it's just it came to like not embarrassment yep it's like it wasn't like oh you like the sex pistols and the ramones right. it's like they mentioned the chromags and i was like oh okay they're on our team like I know. Yeah. I tried. I tried to get the director on the uh, podcast, and I was so close. But then, whatever scheduling and whatever. But uh, yeah, because I know that that dude, that dude's basically just like a DC hardcore kid, and it's like that's perfect. And of course, the lens that he views the movie through is going to be much more authentic and credible than anybody that's like you said, just trying to sprinkle in these other references because they've heard of it some, at some point. Ray, I'm going to throw in a tangent super quick your way, please. You listen to that the uh, Ringer. Uh, podcast with House about being a like unbelievable. I have no idea. This dude who's like friends with like Bill Simmons and stuff, Jeremy Furt, so you know. Uh, it's just like this old DC dude. He's like, oh yeah, I went to like one of Fugazi's first shows. Like, but he's just huh. this like he, he does a golf podcast. And he cannot. Like, he cannot be more like middle of the road sort of average white dude that you would see. And that's like he's all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, I got a huge history within punk and hardcore. And I was just like the fuck i'm like come on he dude said, you rule he said the, the the best or the the crazy show he saw was fugazi and operation ivy yeah <laughs> wow wow yeah that was yeah. such a good podcast that's crazy. sorry <clears throat> it's okay joey what what movies you got uh, um there weren't a lot of movies that really i loved so i'm just gonna shout out pop stop pop star never stop never stopping <laughs> i haven't watched that yet hilarious. okay i haven't watched and it if you like hot rod and just lonely island like 
this movie's for you. Like, it's going to be a cult hit. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Then there's, there's a lot of other movies that were just cool. Cool. And that's best. Yeah. Cool. What about Can't you? Go. Not surprising. Hail Caesar. I loved it. it Hail Caesar was so, so, so funny. It's a movie like The Big Lebowski where you watch it a second time and you pick up on so many jokes that you didn't catch the first time and then that just continues to go i probably watched it around 10 times now wow uh, just between like tour like or like on a flight tour whatever it's just like always like the oh here's the movie that's an hour and a half that just makes me laugh the entire time um i picked up uh, we watched it two nights ago and uh there's another joke that, that uh did you guys both see it yeah i saw it uh, remember they talk about the, the Ho- Hobie Doyle, which is the fucking cowboy character, which is the funniest character in the movie, uh, how they're changing his image and they like send him on it. They make him be in the movie where he can't act obviously. And then they send him on a date with the, with the girl that he doesn't even know just because they're changing his image. When, uh, when Ralph Finney or whatever comes in and he's like upset about having this guy in the movie, uh, He's, he's like, Hobie Doyle can't act. And then he calls him, he's like, Hobart, no, Hobart Doyle. He, said, he just references, he calls him Hobart Doyle just because the whole changing his image thing. It's like perfect Coen brother humor. I don't know. It's, it's great. But that movie and, uh, fuck, what was it? Uh, <clears throat> what's the, uh, the sci-fi movie that came out? Fucking, uh, uh, Arrival. Arrival. Yeah. Arrival was good. I enjoyed that, but no, uh, the fucking dude from Lucero's was brother, a director. Oh, Midnight Black. Express. Midnight Express. That was great. That was Midnight I enjoyed that a lot. What's Midnight Midnight Special? There you go. Midnight Special. There you go. Midnight Express. That is dude, you didn't know that? That's oh, why you cool. the yes. and Nickel and Mike Nichols. Holy shit! T did yeah. take shelter. Yeah. And yeah. No. It, I mean, that dude's movie is amazing. I didn't know it was it was his brother. Yeah. That's his brother. That's why all those movies like uh, Home Dude, Home Dude does a soundtrack. Like his song, like Lucero's songs are, are his. They're always in there. Yeah. Did he? Have you seen uh, that movie Loving yet? His new movie. As in, like new past Midnight Express. Yeah, it's, out, it's, it's, it's like Oscar bait. Like it's out right now. Like people are losing their shit over it. No, I holy shit! It. I yeah. Wow, two movies in the same year. Go him, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. that dude's a worker for sure. Um. um what about what about television? Quick shout outs for anything on t- TV that you like? The only thing new that I the only like new show you guys are better at TV than I am. Um, the only new show that I enjoyed this year that like didn't wasn't just a new season was uh, Stranger Things. Really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Joey, you guys probably have like three hundred shows that started that you guys all like and watch. No, I don't. I can't think of like anything that really jumped out except for Atlanta. Um, that was good. I loved it. I loved it. It was, such, it was so weird. Like so they, weird. They would just do episodes that had not like would just be like the, like a side character was, and they'd be the only person in it. And it was, I loved it. It was and great. It, and That's to do it, cool. and to do it in the first season of a show where you're just like you're still trying to get people to watch your stuff, and you're being like, yeah. hey, so we're going to focus on this character that's probably inconsequential moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, weird. The two things I want to give shout outs to would be uh, Black Mirror, the third season that came out on Netflix. Jesus Christ! Like, if you haven't watched any Black Mirror, like, do it immediately. I watched the, I watched the first two episodes, and the first one was so fucking rough. Oh, <laughs> I was dude. like, oh. yeah, it's not season, the first one of season one, Jeremy. Yeah, we. I watched it with Nicole, and 
she was like, nope, no more. Nope. She hasn't. I've watched the rest of them. I haven't watched season three yet, and I've watched. I think one. Oh no, I have the Christmas special and then season three. But I, she won't watch them anymore because of that first. You do not binge them. You literally watch one, maybe wait yeah. a day or two, then watch another. Um, yeah, there's nothing. You don't walk away from any episode being like, you know what, like we're on the right track good this, yeah i feel good i'm gonna watch another one yeah but yeah but the, this this third season is just unbelievable there's two episodes in particular there's the first episode of the third season and then there's this uh this episode called uh san Jacinto. um that's actually the most positive and like hopeful one it's still pretty dark but oh man that's unbelievable and then you the if there's only one source of news that you consume vice news tonight it's on hbo it's a half an hour monday through friday it is unbelievable the fact that they have so many resources at their hands. Like they basically, it's just like any other sort of like news program, except um, you know it's anchorless, so it's like they don't have a person sitting at a desk being like, "This is what happened in the news today." Um, they do it in a way that obviously is very vice esque, but they can add so much information, present it in a cohesive manner don't really kind of give their opinions they're just like here this is what it is i mean granted anybody that's like right wing and republican would watch this and be like oh it's fucking the liberal media and vice news take them down but um the show is indispensable it is like easily the best thing i've seen from a news presentation standpoint so that has to be Uh, part of your daily ritual because i've made it part of mine do you watch it joey uh no get in because i forget about it but i i just make it I, i seriously it's like after i put my kid to bed Kate and I sit in the couch. We're just like, this is the first thing we're watching above anybody else or above anything else. It's really cool. Uh, on that note, uh, have HBO. So full, full frontal with Samantha B. Super. That is, yeah. She's Appointment. Great. I don't uh, ever see like the, the viral things that go with her, but she kills it. Yes. Yeah. That, and honestly, that's some of the best parts of the show. That's why they go viral. <laughs> have you, uh, did you guys see the, I just posted on fucking Facebook today, but, uh, uh, Trevor Noah interviewed that Tommy Lauren Lauren girl who does like the blaze that Republican fucking she she always she'll she'll probably do you know what dude like yeah I I, I have to go saved like I saved it on Facebook to yeah. watch it. I just haven't watched it yet yeah I've watched it damn but you guys know who that Tommy Laren yeah. girl is she's like the worst fucking human being on earth so like seeing them go toe to toe for it's like a 26 minute interview it's it's great oh, it's so he says so many things that you're like thank you thank you for saying that to her thank you for saying that to her fuck and she just can't answer questions it's so it's, it's great just the liberal media bias Jeremy yeah that's all that's all that it is yeah there's such a great but she's like he, he asked her if she's conservative she's like She's like, I'm a millennial. I don't like labels. And he just goes, <laughs> you just, is you that just, a label? You just, <laughs> that's a, great. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I have to give shout outs to podcasts too. two new podcasts that came out this year. Joey will immediately be on this. Keeping it 1600 this is one of the best new podcasts out there. Um, and then beautiful stories from anonymous people is also an amazing podcast that most people should listen to done again by a punk guy, Chris Gethard, who's a stand-up comedian. Um, Joey, do you want to give any shout outs to podcasts? Um, I really only listen to uh, Bill Simmons now. That's fine. Keeping it, keep it at 1600, uh, I love it, but it's just, it's too doom and gloom for me right now. It's ah. just too depressing. I need, yeah. <laughs> you hear the growling? I do hear the growling. I love it. That's perfect. Well, guys, I love both of you. Thank you very much for making this a part of our yearly ritual. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.